Hello and welcome to the Level Playing Field podcast, episode 5 with Hemps and Dr. K. Today we're going to be looking at the West Side Gun album, Pray for Paris. This is just amazing New York hard rap shit. We've also got the Fiona Apple album, which was a very controversial one that came out, so it'll be interesting to look at that. Uh, but first we've got Scard, who's a local rapper who just makes amazing stuff, and we had a great chat with him. It's a bit of a long episode, so we're not doing technical tracks of the week, but they will resume next episode. But for now, enjoy. Love for my love for my love for my Today we have a special guest. His name is Scard. He's this incredible rapper. He he does production, he does I've heard him sing, he's incredible, everything man, he can do it all. Thank How are you, you doing today? I am great. I'm gravy, I'm wavy, I'm all of the above. Quarantine got me productive, so I don't even know I had a cinnamon roll. That's basically how my morning's gone, so <laughs> nice. like that. So I met you at the, the Beetroot sessions. Shout out Beetroot. And that was uh, this local youth music. And uh, yeah, I remember we, we made this grime beat really quickly, just whipped it up, and then you were spitting over it, doing some DWE bars. I thought that was insane. Like, you blew me away, man. First time I heard you. Um, thank you. For now, for all, for all. Like. And then since then, I've heard you do boom bap, drill, you're really amazing at. I've heard you sing you. even, and it's insane. Like, you can do thank everything, you. man. Nah, like, I mean, like, the thing is, like, with, like, I, I do pride myself in, in being, like, a jack of all trades, but, like, um, it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't come easy. Uh, it was it was mm. it was a long process, very very long process. Um, like rap, write, all of that took a very long time. I've been I've been I've been producing for about five years. Um, I've been writing for like I've been writing since I was sixteen, I think. So Man. I'm twenty four now. Uh, be like that, old man <laughs> and that, but. Um, yeah, so I've been writing for a long time, long, long time. It's uh, it's been a journey, very, very, very big journey. So, so tell us about this new EP. You just dropped the board EP <laughs> on SoundCloud. Yeah, it's very hard. Funny story. I made that like the day I released it. So like, um, well, no, actually, that is technically a lie. Three of the <laughs> tracks I made on the day I released it. Um, one was made like three days before. So during that week, I was just like, you know what? And I was just like, sure. I, I I didn't even know. I was just, it was literally, I was bored. I was bored at home. So I made it. I made like, I think I made Ghost like three days before. I remember you sent me an early yeah. version of that. And from the first time I heard that, your flow was crazy. <laughs> Thank you. And like the beat was so hard. I got gas with that one. That's my favourite of the Thank album you, man. Still. Thank you for all. Ghost, I remember like, um, I remember making ghosts. I was like, literally, every, every single time I write bars, like, I just get gassed. I don't even like, it's so important, but that's the thing, because it's really, really important to like, to no, just love your yeah. own work, you know? Like, whether it's production or writing. That's the important thing, man. Too many people get bogged down with like, just making sure other people like their shit. For real. You know, what's the point? If you don't like what you're making, like, there's no point. That's what in it. music's about, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. This exactly. is very true. Like, as long as like, if you don't like your own music, then there's no point. There's no point in putting it out there. Exactly. Exactly. Because um, self-love. You make it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the big point there. That is the big boy point. 
be honest, like, there was so many influences on that on on the EP. Um, I've been I was I, I get a yeah, heavy drill drilling grime there. is something I've been listening to a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, recently with like that, it's literally like that's that's all the three most of the album drilling grime, apart from over forty, which is just yeah. like completely different yeah. in every single way. People lethal, these men are dangerous when stunning. That's evil, can evil. Huh. Never my equal Jealousy and hatred I see it as see-through Yeah This hair bold Like American eagles No cap My appearance So I've got a question About um, a lyric On your over 40 freestyle <laughs> Yeah And uh, that was Saying that rap Was never about Drum patterns yeah. So What do you mean What do you mean by that What do you mean by that So um, With all that I That's That's a That's um that's basically me saying that like uh, I've mentioned it in other other things before um, other tracks where I've been like yeah like um, rap has never really been about the music you know the actual instrumental is not my focus in rap whereas it seems to be everyone else it just you know like focus on the instrumental if the beat's good the song's good it's like nah (laughs) it's definitely not but like you know I guess that like that sort of lyric came from a conversation actually I was having with someone um, I, sp- where, mm. I suppose that's like a big difference where people kind of differ- differentiate between hip hop and rap right. because personally like yeah. the production is a big part of when I listen to music for me yeah. you know, as a producer mm. um, and as someone who, who really loves music but you know as, as well I can also appreciate a very minimalistic beat yeah where it's just straight bars very so true it's always it depends what you're looking for in the song, I guess. It, it's about the beat and the artist working together in unison, isn't it? Yeah. I, sometimes mm. Seth will send me a beat and he'll it it'll be like, you know, rap over this and I'll listen mm. to it and it's so hard on its own. I'm like, just leave it as yeah. is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It speaks for itself. And stem ones that are like, that's like that back to the expression, you know? That's just music. Don't, don't need words. Sometimes it really mm. doesn't. But yeah, man, mm. like that, that whole like... Um, Oh man, over the other forty freestyle was like one of my proudest moments <laughs> in writing bars. I thought, yeah, thank nice. you. Nah, for real. Like, um, to be honest, um, sounds arrogant, but it's more of a progression thing. Where like from times up to now, like seeing how far the mixings come, seeing how far the bars have come, mm. seeing how far the writing and the flow has come. That's basically what it was, really. Like that's why I made that track. And I was just like, yeah, let me just make another another one of these, really. And that's how that track was yeah. made. <laughs> basically yeah so I want to talk about what kind of thing are you listening to at the moment that influences we talked about drill what artists ooh. at the moment are at the forefront so ooh, um, I've been listening to actually I've been listening I've been banging out Jay Electronica's new album um, well recent album oh that's very that's hard. very hard um, I've got it's, it's so literally good. like like it's pioneering pioneering that whole album is just like zoom somewhere out uh, who else I've been listening to? Gets. Yeah, gets. always gets. Always. <laughs> Basically. Um check if you if with, with Izzy Gibbs, um I think there was a man about bars he did. Also Road Rage. Haha. Road Rage part f- four or three? Oh <laughs> yo. I banged out on repeat a whole day. I was like, alright, cool. Right. You know what? You know what? I'll write some grand bars. That's literally what made me start writing grand bars as well. Banging out Izzy Gibbs and uh, Gets nice. was 
was the reason I started um, doing ground bars. Literally only recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same for me. I, I was not into grime for, for a long. long time. And it was only in the last couple of years I started getting into it when everyone's moving off it. But <laughs> I know, literally, because I quite, quite It's because of Kano. That yeah. I started listening to Kano, and then that was a great oh, gateway definitely. to, you know, all the grime MCs. And, For real. Yeah, him and Getz, when they're on a track, were insane. Literally, yeah. Like Kano, Kano, like Kano Getz, Double E, all these legends, yeah. Like pioneers of the game, like how their lyrical content yeah. was like. I wish one day I could write <laughs> just like Getz. You're close, man. Around the corner, trust <laughs> Thank me. you. That means a lot. This does mean a lot. For real. I feel like um, it's just, you know, it's, it's progression like that. Do you listen to many like genres of music outside of the hip-hop world? Just out of yeah, interest. so I listen to jazz a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. I listen to yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, I listen to uh, trip-hop. Um, sort of like... Uh, alternative music uh, I listen to acoustic music I listen to <laughs> yeah, that's stuff. the way to be so much stuff but like this for real for real because like basically because like it just it just influence uh, and it influences um, your production mm. your music your bars it influences your experience of the world definitely man like, I use music to like deal mm. with like a lot of things so like I use music to to deal with situations or yeah, experience yeah, yeah. so um, listening to all this all this different stuff is just you know it just sort of adds adds to the experience of life mm. something black the ripper said about jazz right yeah because i found this very interesting is that is that he's got all these problems in his own life that he's rapping about himself so when he's listening to music mm. on his own you know he doesn't want to be listening to someone else's problems so he'll throw on some jazz you know he'll be listening to people speaking through music yeah. and the language <laughs> and melody and all that shit and that's that that kind of changed my perception of jazz quite a lot i feel well. that because I enjoyed it, but like that. For real, because like jazz, with jazz. Um, wait, hold up. R.I.P. Black the Ripper, I swear. Um, it's. Yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Black yeah, the Ripper, man. for real, for real. Um, yeah, yeah, but like um, jazz with jazz, it's just like, it's the expressionism. It's the whole like. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's just, it's, it's like, um, it's that whole like, ah, call and response. It's that whole, um, you know, mm. oh, you know, I'm just going to play it's off language. what you do, you know? It's like. <laughs> It's just like, and it's so much, it's so much um, emotion in music. Um, I love jazz, for real. I love jazz so much. So I want to learn about your early years growing up. What kind of music were you into or just generally things in life? What influenced you growing up? Uh, my experience of life has always been quite different. Living with mental health has, has definitely pushed my music in certain directions where like it, it wouldn't push maybe other people. I feel like because of, uh, some of the things that I have, I feel like I connect with music on different levels. So see how mm. um, see how I really feel the pieces of music, um, and then I play it to a, like to a friend, and they're like, "Oh, you know, that's good," <laughs> you know. And then I, I'm here, yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Wow," <laughs> you know, like, yeah. really like <laughs> I feel that hundred percent for real. Yeah, we all know that's, that's what I'm man. saying because, like, you know, it's just and it's that it's that like emotion, like. Back, back to the emotion of music. You know, if you really feel that emotion, it's mm. good music. It's very good music. If you can really feel how, like, um, especially songs where like you feel how, like, um, a person is feeling when they've made a track, when they've made that production, yeah. and you feel mm. how they're feeling. That's that's beautiful. That's like, that's that's the kind of expression that you can't get with yeah. words. 
That's that's for the real. thing. That's that's the thing about music, isn't for it? For real, for real. It's it's a different plane. It's a different it plane. It's, that's what's beautiful about it. That's what it. I'm saying, like, because it just touches the soul, touches like just the body, exactly. the mind, everything. Like, that's exactly, why I like shivers. Exactly. And there's an endless supply yeah. of it as well. There's an endless yeah. supply. And I think as well, like, the skill and the ability to express that is more important than ever now because now that it's so easy to make music. That's what like, I'm saying. Any kids, any kid can do it. So you got to have that passion for it to really come and through. Even my first single um, on Spotify was made by um, Shout Out Vivid, Vivid Sound, SoundCloud, Wavy. Um, but he, he was like 15 when he made it. And I oh, was like, yeah. like, I thought he was oh, like yeah. 20. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> yeah, production yeah, yeah. is like next level. And like, mm. th- but that's what I'm saying. Like anyone can just pick up. Uh, you know, exactly. a door or DAW and just just smash. Exactly, exactly. And it's wavy. Like, I find that so great. 100%, man. So I want to know, is there a specific album that you'd say, like, made you want to make music or really, like, that changed your <laughs> life? Yes. Is there a, an album like that for you? Uh, it wasn't an album. It was one track. It was No Ask The World Is Yours. That was played. When it, uh, I had a game on PS2, uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, and um, Nas was on the soundtrack for that game, and I would play only that song throughout the whole time I played that game. Uh, <laughs> and then I downloaded it onto like um, MP. You know them old MP3 players that would be literally like a stick, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just like it's got a headphone port, and it's like mm. it's not even the display. Oh, I have one of those. Not even the display. You just have like when, a when everyone had iPods. I had one yeah. of those. <laughs> same, 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 same. Sure, no, like, that whole album is incredible, man. That, that whole album, classic, classic, classic. Literally, but like that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like uh, that song in particular definitely pushed me into hip hop and rap. I didn't exactly come from a from a from a family background that would listen to that sort of music. So mm. that's why, like. Nas will always be. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I feel like if I went off my parents' music, man, I'd be listening to eighties pop all day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's for it, real, man. for real. Yeah, discover for it real, yourself. Yeah. What else was there actually? My mom did listen. My mom listened to a tiny bit of hip hop, but it wasn't like that real um, gritty, like you know, New York or like you know, it wasn't like boom bap. Really, yeah. it was just sort of like. Yeah, I mean, for me like my dad had a bunch of Elvis and Duran Duran yeah. and yeah. within all of that I found one Eminem CD right. and that changed my life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for real now that's true because same with me like we had like a um, we had uh, the Without Me uh, LP I think it was mm. that was the first Eminem CD track that I ever listened to I also remember that my mom used to hide that because um, obviously yeah, Eminem back in the day and I was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then uh what else did I have? 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. Haha. Yes, classic. That was, yeah, that was like my first ever CD I ever bought. I think Eminem got a lot of people into hip hop, didn't it? Like, Eminem yeah, did. I, I know my first, my first hip hop track was My Dad's Gone Crazy off um, the Eminem show. Ah. I just came in the car like one time and then like, I just <laughs> found like just the rest of his albums and then Hamza, I remember this was like year eight, Hamza gave me like some USB just with all his albums. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> That got me into Dre and then it's... I, I got him into hip-hop. He got me into making it. it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, that's wavy, yeah. though, because that's literally the process. That is literally the... the, the exactly, man. It's what, all about sharing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Sharing knowledge is, like, the most important thing. 
Now, I want to know, what's in the pipeline? Is there anything you can share with us with any new tease? Ha 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 ha. So we've got, um, May the 8th, I've got another single coming out. That's going to be on Spotify. That's going to be on Avery. Nice. Um, that's called Fear. I just talked to our Lord and Saviour, told him that I'm not Christian. I'm still grateful for all he does, but I'm not tied down to religion. And I still believe in God. Please don't get me wrong. Ha, um... We've got a lot, like, I've got so many unfinished projects, I mean, no cap, it's, it's, it's a bit bad, um, I need to finish them at some point, um, but with... Um, so it, it will be out by the time this podcast is out. I swear. So, so everyone go, go check that out. Everyone, yes, definitely go it's check blowing that out. Scott, Get to number one. SK, <laughs> S-K-A-R-D on Spotify and stuffs. Um, definitely, yeah. I mean, literally, the SoundCloud... Uh, uh, the sound, even the even even the SoundCloud EP right now is doing doing quite well. Um, just like nearly near one hundred plays apparently. Yeah, no, it's, it's a slow grind with with marketing at the moment, man. It's, it is. Though, everyone's on it. Everyone's on it. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, exactly. Literally, be like that. It's just content nausea. My marketing strategy has always been um, very. Uh, I, I just it's just me you <laughs> yeah, know? Fair enough. like on Insta I'm literally just me like if you like it you yeah. like it if you, if you don't that's what it is on your EP the mm. last track The Bag right? yeah. that shit is some high octane energetic <laughs> shit man. that got me gas when I heard it I was some beers look at my wrist it's frozen look at my wrist it's gold I got a piece it's loaded watch a man freeze so it got me thinking, like, yeah. this would go off live. Mm. So are you big into live music and, and doing gigs and shit? Mm-hmm. Obviously, at the moment, that's a bit, that's a bit. Well, it's impossible. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, do, do you, when everything's back to normal, you know, are we going to see Scarred? Definitely. Shows? Definitely. So basically, um, well, I should be going to uni in September, but which is like massive. Oh, nice. Thank you. Uh, but like basically with this brings the opportunity because it's going to be in like my unis in London. So it's going to bring massive opportunities oh, for yeah, me yeah, to yeah, just yeah. open mic night every night, mm. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's yeah. going to be the thing. Like I found that if your name's not out there, you ain't going to get anything. So open mic nights right now is my main focus. You can catch me at literally every open mic night <laughs> in London <laughs> come September. Um, so uh, there are a couple I frequent. Uh, frequent. Like just literally every single big open mic night. Yeah. Every single small one, I'm gonna be there. So you'll find <laughs> me. <laughs> so you'll find me. Perfect, man. We're talking about marketing. That's like one of the best ways just to make connections and mm. get your name out there, isn't it? For real. Show off what you can do. That's what it is. Like, literally, like, there's nothing better than the human presence. You mm. know? Anyone can get on Insta and like, write a flashy <laughs> caption, but, you know, it's yeah. about whether you've got that showmanship, that character, whether you're authentic, you know, that's, for me, that's how I judge an artist's authenticity, for real. you know? For whether, real, they're good for at, real. whether they're good live or not. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Because, like, yeah, literally, that is literally the thing. Like, there are so many mm. artists that just jump on Insta mm. and be like, ah, oh, flashy car. You know, I paid a lot yeah, of exactly, money for man. this video. Yeah, <laughs> like, <rental. laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's a rental every time. Yeah, it's, every single yeah, exactly. time. Or it's a, like friend's car from down the road. Yeah. you know, like it just, just be like that. But like, so so I want to know. So you say you listen to a lot of genres. Mm. Are there any that you want to move more into, more towards jazz? 
Definitely. Jazz. Definitely. Any that you really want to avoid. Funny that we mentioned about live music. That's what I want to start doing more of. Like, yeah. I want to do, and that's why jazz comes into it because I want to, like, I, um, I once had the pleasure of playing with um, Moses Boyd. Shout out Moses Boyd. He's a very, very famous, well, he's quite famous in the UK. Um, I remember that was with Beatroots, actually. Um, again, oh, shout nice. out Beatroots. Yeah, so literally, uh, he came down to um, one of our sessions and we just had, like, drum kit out, a couple of his mm. band, and it was just like, like, wow. You know, like yeah. I didn't even mm. I didn't even realize when it was like when it was happening. But yeah, I, like I played with Moses Boyd. I'm just like, you know, like raw. Yeah, I, I had an experience like that not too long ago. I did um, my first performance yeah. with, with a band, and oh, wow. we were doing a Led Zeppelin cover, and I, I'd heard that song so much, and then yeah. hearing it live, and then I'm rapping to it. That was like an insane experience. Yeah, That's I what I'm saying. That again, like live bands. Like, like, I've seen them so much better. Like Kano's yeah, yeah. got a whole orchestra when he performs live. It's the way forward. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, um, just just the, the the difference between live music and like obviously, um, you know, like music played through speakers. You know, like that mm. live sound, that sound that you get from an instrument, exactly. totally different, totally different. I mean, we go to like loads. We we've been to loads of gigs together, and like I've I've been to loads of shit like up, up in Leeds and like all over and shit, mm. and like. Obviously, a lot, a lot of that is hip-hop shows where it's yeah. just a DJ and a rapper. And a lot of those are great, like if you're a good showman and if you're mm. a good DJ. But nothing ever beats a good band where everything's mm. organic, everything's there. And like, personally, man, like if you ever see an orchestra or like a big band oh. or whatever, that shit is nothing better. Nothing <laughs> better than Abstract orchestra. orchestra man. <laughs> we Best get to orchestra. a lot of like orchestra renditions of hip-hop yeah. covers and like Ooh. all Abstract sorts. Orchestra, like, man. Check them out. I need to, yeah. <laughs> After after yeah. all this lockdown's over, I'm I'm gonna be there. I'm a, I need to try and find like like that's the other thing like about being in London. Like there's gonna be so much that I can do, you know, so much mm. I can see and witness, experience. It's gonna be so mm. amazing. Like definitely, like, yeah. Hit up the jazz cafe sh- a lot. Oh, <laughs> the jazz cafe is the best the best venue on the planet, man. Literally, I know a couple of people oh. that have performed there, like um, that have been to like the open mic nights that I've been to, or like just uh, event stuff and and all that. And, like and yeah, like literally. Jazz Cafe, I'm. I will be there. I will actually be there because, like, yes. um, I've 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 looked at like performances online from there and stuff. Like, you know, I've I've even sampled from there. Like, it's 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 like yeah. you know, that's like a it's, it's like a, a bucket list. There's just weird stuff on every day and <laughs> yeah, unique. Yeah, it's, it's the really perfect <laughs> venue. The perfect venue. Honestly, <laughs> I, need to I go. love it so much. I really it's close got, to my heart. Have you got what? So you guys have actually been like there. Uh, like quite a few times. I've been a few oh, times. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm lacking. I'm lacking out here. I need to. <laughs> I need to go. I do need to. Mate, go abs- abstract orchestra played there, man. Oh wow! Well. That shit. You got some full, huge orchestra on a tiny stage. What a swear, man! Yeah, like so they they tour with Joker Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joker Star. Yeah, 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 my my guy. Literally, I have a friend. It's really weird as well because like I have a friend that I've known for like literally since primary school. Yeah, and. Um, shout out Anyway the God Shout out Joker Star Because um, He is actually The biggest fan Of Anyway the God And Joker Star But wow. like, He's never seen them Whereas I've no actually way. like Performed with like <laughs> With them Like You know And yeah. it's like <laughs> It's like I've been trying to Sort out the um, Sort out like a meet uh, Like a meet up Yeah Between yeah, him yeah. and them For like Five years Hasn't happened yet <laughs> But like It will Like that's another thing Like how like you can have a local artist be your favorite artist 
out of mm. like there's so many artists in the world but having a local yeah. artist as well i have well, they're, they're from where you are they've experienced you know a very similar mm. upbringing for real it's yeah it's, they it's represent you isn't it yeah exactly no literally that's what i'm saying but like and, and that's beautiful i really find that like mm. um i find that just so so like such a such a um unique um fan to sort of artist relationship yeah um yeah basically just it's beautiful man i love all that love all that i always find this i want to i wanted to ask you a question actually and i guess the audience if anything with <laughs> with um with writing bars like everyone will mm. ask me yeah like oh what's your what's your um what's your what's your creative process what's your writing process yes but mm. like i don't i can't like i don't have one <laughs> like yeah. you know like you know them like uh, and I've, I've explained this to people and they'd be like ah what and then <laughs> you know but it'd be like i just it just i just write yeah uh, i find commuting like when i'm on buses and trains yes the don't best. do it at the moment yeah for that's me, yeah. the best mm. to do it the best always inspiration like, just always window. that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm saying i remember yeah. um i wrote uh so i think it was time's up i literally wrote that on the journey from south town center literally to my house like a 30 minute journey and i wrote that like that whole song basically just on the bus ride yeah, yeah. no um I don't know if you listened, there was sure, an album yeah. that came out recently by Denzel Curry, Kenny Beats mm. Unlocked. They made that whole album in three days. And the reason they told people this is not to, you know, brag, We look how yeah. good we are in three days, we did this. It was because they were trying to say, we captured a moment, he had just come off tour and was just mm. spitting fire. And it, they just captured that moment. Like, it's a time capsule. Yeah. Of, and yeah, I really yeah. like that that expression of, of it. That's what music is to me, like... You capture this this Capturous. feeling, this moment. This is an expression of that process as well, because yeah. um, mm. my favorite album of last decade, right? <laughs> no, well, okay, it's, it's there's no question about it. This bandana by Madlib and Freddie Gibbs, right? Ooh. And Madlib, right, has said that he produced that album on his iPad. <laughs> and I've <laughs> I've met some people, right, and they 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 might not be as big um, as Madlib fans as I am, mm. but they they've said that they don't like. Like, like he said that they're like what's the point of him saying that it's like making everyone else feel inferior well mm. actually no he's he's it's exactly the opposite so yeah you don't need all the gear and shit to to, to make amazing music you know I'm, I'm using technology that most of you, you have know, at home have access to but aren't, <laughs> aren't using as as you could and it's the same like mad villainy as well like he did raid and some of the other best cuts off the album mm. in some hotel room in brazil with some shitty fisher price record player and like some toy sampler and and those are classics now so it, like, it goes mad. to show you know it's not about the gear it's about the, the process is all in your mind basically yeah and that's yeah, what i real. think people need to think about you know instead of making excuses i ain't got this i ain't got that you know it's true you, you've already got all the tools you need you just need to learn how to how to yeah. execute it you know exactly no, I, I agree with that 100%. 100% I agree with that. One thing I was going to ask you is we, we do this segment called Technique of the Week. Okay. And basically what that is, is I'll ask Seth, have you got this like wacky random technique? He's recorded his cat and put it on a piano. He's like... <laughs> First ever Technique of the Week was the uh, the gym snare, which is, which is when you go to the gym, yeah. you're putting the weights back on the rack, you record that, and that's a snare because you've got the nice metallic clunk. Nice. So I wanted to put you on the spot, ask you, have you got anything that you think is really unique 
were you in your process to make music that you've ever used? There was, ah, my brother records every single Pepsi can that he's ever cracked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use some of those for snares. Yes. That's mad. Yeah. That's such a satisfying Literally. sound as well, isn't it? Just to, <laughs> yeah, it's, for real. That, that worked well. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, Pepsi can snare. <laughs> That's the one. So, now we're going to go to a quick fire Q&A round. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. It's going to be really fast. Just back and forth. What's your favourite colour? Blue. Pineapple and pizza, yes or no? No. Tea or coffee and what brand? Oof, tea, technically. Ah, that's wrong. So, here you go. (laughs) iPhone or Android? (laughs) Um, Android. (laughs) (laughs) Opinions on Marmite? Never. Bro. That's the wrong answer. (laughs) Favourite TV show? Ed, Ed and Eddie. Of course. Oh, interesting. Okay. You are in a dark room where a table is kept. There are 50 coins placed on the table, out of which 10 coins are showing tails and 40 coins are showing heads. The task is to divide this set of 50 coins into two groups, not necessarily the same size, such that both groups have the same number of coins showing t- tails. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The silver coins on the left and the bronze it's, it's coins fine. on the it's, right. You lost. It's too late. Ah, that was quick fires. <laughs> Didn't have enough time. Thank you oh, for no. coming on today. <laughs> Perfectly you've, fine. You've been an amazing nah, guest. I feel like I've learned you. so much about you, and yeah, man. Yeah, it, you, it's been incredible. Thank you. Now, for all, I'm I'm very very happy that I, I was invited on here. Like it's it's been a really experience. Pleasure, it's been an amazing pleasure, experience pleasure. as well. Just, just saying, the the best tea is Yorkshire tea. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yorkshire tea. Uh, see, I, there's no question. I mean, I forgot. I totally forgot. Like that. Oh, <laughs> Distress. Distress. It's quick fire. It gets to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh cool. man, don't be like that. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank Safe, you, man. This Thank has been so amazing. Much. Our first ever guest. Big ups, God. Bop, bop, go, bop, bop, go, bop. go. Listen to his stuff. Follow him on all, all the Insta. What's what's your Insta? At? Is who is who is Scott? Who is Scott? Go go follow that on Insta. That's cool. the one. Album one is by Westside Gun, and it's called "Pray for Paris." So, how, what was your experience with the Griselda movement prior to this? Honestly, my first experience with Griselda was literally five days ago. Right. <laughs> this was the first. Uh, so I've known about them for a while. I've been following them since they were signed to Shady Records. Mm. That was a couple of years ago, 2017. They signed both Griselda and Boogie. And a lot of people were worried about this. I remember a lot of Griselda fans were like, kind of worried that Shady Records were going to interfere with that sound and, and mess them up totally and they were going to become it, yeah. a pop act. Eminem was going to put his production in there. Oh, and God. he's he's done that for like Yellow Wolf and Slaughterhouse, and he's not a good producer, man. Like respect to the guy and all for the his uh, his rapping, but he's not a good producer. And yeah, Shady Records have not had a good track record with their artists, so a lot of people were worried. But Griselda sound has remained intact. Okay. If you don't know their sound, it's kind of it's very boom bappy reminiscent of old school 90s hip-hop new york um 
a lot of people quite harshly say they are to Wu-Tang what Greta Van Vliet are to Led Zeppelin. That is harsh. I think that's really harsh and it's not true, but there's, there's an element there, you know, they're, they're, they're heavily influenced I by mean, Wu-Tang. I judging, mean, judging from this album, it's not like, it doesn't sound like they're, they're clinging onto an old sound. If that makes sense, it, yeah. sound, it doesn't sound dated. It, sound, it sounds new, they, it sounds they, fresh. They've managed to kind of transcend the fan bases in a way. Mm. They they can speak out to both boom bap yeah. and they're bridging that gap. You know, new yeah trap fans yeah, yeah, like yeah. they can you know they kind of transcend the typical fan bases of each genre. I mean, one thing I noticed about this album, Pray for Paris, is that there were no like massive trap bangers or whatever. Like it, there there were yeah. no songs, maybe with the exception of French Toast, but like. Mm. There were no songs in there that were that were made for pop appeal. Like even French Toast, which no, is it's kind of as unapologetically raw for the ladies. Yeah, as you said, it's raw. It's it's all you know. It's, he's making whatever what, he's he's making the album that he wants to make, which I I respect that. You know, it's uncompromised. Mm. Like this is what he wants to make. He won't change it mm. for anyone. And Gr- I think Griselda do this really well. Like, they've got it down to a T. And this is all they want to make. Definitely. Yeah, so just going on from that point, the last track on this album is called Leisure Liba. And honestly, this is this was my favourite moment on the album. But this this guy, this hardcore motherfucker, West Side Gun, yeah, sees out his album, <laughs> his gritty, grimy-ass fucking album of just opulence and fucking guns and money and shit. With yeah. The guy tap dancing. <laughs> the tap dance solo, man. How... how so that, to me, to me, that proves his level of gangster more than anything else, man. I think there are so <laughs> many people talking the talk, like talking about shooting people and like fucking you like you, you bitch and you know violence and money and all this shit. But that's just talking the talk. This guy is making what he wants to make. He's he doesn't give a fuck yeah. about what anyone else thinks. You know, he's doing his thing, and that that to me is it kind of solidifies the image that he's that he's trying to put across. And I'll, mm. I'll respect him a lot. So I think for that we have to scroll back to the the origins of this album. So this album came as a result as a trip he took to Paris. That was the mm. full in- inspiration for this. He was heavily involved in the fashion world of it, looking at the art, all of that kind of thing. He, you'll see him mentioned a lot here. Virgil Abloh, I think I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Probably butchered it, but he's the creator of the off-white brand i don't know if you're familiar with that i've i've heard of it i've heard of it it's yeah it's the massive brand off-white and um yeah he was heavily influenced by him like he referenced all over this album that tap dancing the sample came from one of the off-white showcases really and it was a tap dancer there yeah so it's linked in with it oh that's cool is yeah their, their, their biggest track, Griselda, Dr. Birds, he, he says, tell Virgil, write brick on my brick. Okay, so Off-White, they're, they're known for writing, like, shoelace on shoelaces, or you'll have a casual jumper uh. and write a casual jumper <laughs> on it. So he's saying, tell Virgil, uh, write brick okay, on my okay. brick. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and it's like, they've got their own language almost. You know, it's proper raw New York stuff. Bricks are bricks of cocaine and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. stuff like you have to kind of get into the language of it. It's got they've got their own slang and all of that. Mm, definitely, but definitely. it's just yeah. I thought this album was insane, man. Like 
his voice is crazy. Like mm. I think <laughs> we talked about. I like I, I love his voice, and I, I love Danny Brown and anyone who sounds mental. Yeah, that's that's my kind of rap. <laughs> How did you find it? Well, here's the thing, right? Like, it's kind of halfway throughout the album. He was kind of I don't want to say getting on my nerves a bit, but I wasn't really enjoying his just just West Side Gun. I was looking forward to the features a bit more, and I. Mm. I it's weird because his voice was, yes, it was a little bit grating, but I'm not going to chat shit about it because Danny Brown is in my top five. I loved it in the same way that I love Danny Brown. It's like, it, it adds to the flavour of it so much. I didn't really get Danny Brown when I first heard him, but now he's yeah. like one of my favourite rappers. So it might, might grow on you. So I, th- I think this is definitely, his voice is definitely going to grow on me. That's his voice. That's just a, a sonic thing. As for his, yeah. as for his subject matter, this is another thing that took me a while uh, to get used to. Um, because mm. as I said about halfway through the album I was starting to find it a bit just the content a bit a bit monotonous but yeah. not necessarily in a one dimensional way because I was wanting to hear some, some shit other than him describing his stupid levels of money because he does <laughs> that on like every single song and at this, at this point in, in the record I've got the picture but that being said if you think about it like from the point of view of the themes, it's very consistent and clear throughout. He knows what he's trying to say, he gets the point across, and he does it very skillfully and poetically, both in his writing and delivery, and the execution of this as a piece of art. And this, I think, is where mm. Tory Lane's last week fell short, because his themes were all over the place, so I couldn't really build a clear picture of him as an individual. Well, but, but that's not the case here, you know. I, I hear this album and I think, you know, I have a clear picture of who Westside Gun is in my head, despite me not right. having gone and listened to the other uh, Griselda shit. And as for the, um, just all, all the bars about how much money he's got, you know, and, and, and all this luxury that he's living, I think why this didn't piss me off per se as when I listen mm. to, well, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to them, but you know, when I've heard Rich the Kids, Lil Pump, rappers like that, is this over here is very poetically expressed. So I wouldn't. Is the rhyme schemes are what got or what was getting me, man? Like, yeah, they pride themselves in their writing ability really and good, just yeah. these crazy bars. And uh, another thing is you feel a sense of sincerity like he's lived through this mm. he's in new york he's he's facing these things on a daily basis exactly. you know with a lot of those rappers you don't feel that you feel like they're saying it for clout exactly. and you yeah. know I, I, I think there's, yeah. there's a level of realness that you don't get in those i think rappers like that have a they have a very brief shelf life um because it is mm. just dumb down flexing Whereas over here, you know, I'm respecting the consistency and having flipped through some of the other Griselda stuff and having done a bit of reading up, like, it seems like this guy's very true to himself. And also he's done a lot for the culture and the city of Buffalo, which is where he's from. And I read that he actually wasn't supposed to be a rapper because he was managing his brother Conway and Mm. Benny, Benny the Butcher, his cousin. But then I think it was Conway got locked up and Benny got shot in the back of the head. I think it might be the other way around, but I'm not sure. But yeah, he was basically carrying everything on his back by himself. And that's kind of how he yeah. got into rapping. So, I mean, fair play to the dude, man. I think we should talk about some of the features and oh, yeah. production on the here. Features are great. It's insane, the list. Yeah. Like, we've got The Alchemists. We've got two Alchemist tracks. We've got fucking Freddie Gibbs. 
Beautiful. You've got Tyler the Creator, Joey Badass, yep, DJ yeah. Premier. Mm. I've not even mentioned everyone. Those are just the names that stuck out to me first. I mean, we got Tyler in two places insane. in the album. We got him spitting a verse on 327, and we got him producing mm. Party with Smoke, Party with Pop Smoke. Mm. I mean, if you listen to our Party Next Door and our Tory Lanes reviews, you might remember me saying that I didn't think their choice of features were very good. But it's mm. the complete opposite here. And I think that 100%. every single feature on this album brings something to the table. Whether it's yep. the lyrical dexterity of the Rock Marciano verse, or the charisma and the sincerity from Freddie, or even the pop appeal from Wale. You know, they all they all add something. They don't none of those features feel like they're just like they're just there. You know, they're they're all yeah. adding to the project. And that's one of the things that I well, that's that's the thing that I like the most about this album is you know, whether you think of West Side Gun or the shit he's rapping about, I get the impression that this guy is a visionary and he's got a genuine taste and a passion for good quality art. And you can tell this by mm. even just look at his album covers. Like, I can tell that he <laughs> loves fine artwork and paintings, paintings and shit. Well, so, you the, know. the opening for the album is a sample from the sale of the highest selling artwork ever, I think. million dollars. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that is crazy. I mean, look, you, you got to compare it to like an old Da Vinci or Picasso piece or whatever, right? So when you look at it for the first time, you may not necessarily see and appreciate all the beauty and all the layers in it. But it's when you keep revisiting it that it starts to make sense mm. to you. And eventually, you're a huge fan of the painter and his, and his work and you're paying 400 million for a painting. So I think that yeah. for me personally, to, to, to try and... and, and truly appreciate this album i need to go back and listen to more of the griselda shit because it's it's like yeah. the painting i look at it and i know it's good but i want to understand it you know i want to that's exactly what it is with this album for me right now so you you think over time your opinion will change yes. about this album yes i think i'll either really okay. like it or i'll just understand it appreciate it but not for mm. me so it'll be one of those two well let's let's start getting into the tracks so the the first track on here other than the the 400 million is no vacancy hey yo i whipped it with the left i whipped it with the right three quarter me got the tank fight your shit stepped on get your yay right i blow your brains out in broad daylight right, so no vacancy this this sets the tone for the album you know? it makes me already feel like i'm in I'm in, I'm in a, I'm in the sea of luxury, you know. I'm in West Side Guns world, and it's, it's a beautiful, elegant beat with uh, lovely, beautiful pianos, strings, and all these, all these colours and flavours. And it's produced by DJ Muggs of Cypress Hill, of all people. So, nice. You know, great way to kick off the album. It's a short track, and it leads nicely into George Bondo, which we'll talk about in a minute because that was one of my favourites yeah, on this. What about you? What do you think I of this? I thought this track was amazing it like sold me on the album straight away it, it had this beautiful silky smooth instrumental these strings and these keys and it was just contrasted with west side gun bringing out these fucking aggressive gangster lyrics mm. and this is my favorite type of rap when when the beat could be put on a classical music playlist mm. and fit right in yeah and yeah. The lyrics could be like like the most gangster shit yeah, you can yeah, imagine. Yeah. It's like it's why I love Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. You know, Crime Pays is a perfect example mm. of that. Just the contrast mm. of it, 
and then it, it yeah. blends so smoothly and beautifully it's uh, that's my favorite type mm, of rap <laughs> definitely all right yeah so track three george bondo with conway the machine and benny the butcher now this absolutely menacing beat it's just filthy hits your eardrums hits your eardrums and it's just honestly this is just straight bars it's just it's just a straight up amazing griselda song it's got these floaty keys all the way through and it's just the the lyrics are insane i really like the biscotti line yeah big biscuit of that biscotti making my bitch cough beautiful (laughs) i I liked um i thought guns verse was my favorite on this to be honest Ever sold a hundred and spent it all in the same weekend. Razors leave your face leaking. Chill, let the rape creep. And the brick ooh, broken ooh, eight ooh. pieces. It's fire, man. It's fire. It's insane. It's This is Griselda at their best. Like, nothing else more you can say. It's, it's a brilliant track. As well, the title is referring, in case you don't know, it's, the, it's referring to the artist George Condo, who is the mm. man behind the artwork for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Kanye West's masterpiece yes. who we've mentioned in like every episode uh, but yeah I don't know I don't know the point of me just saying that because I don't know the connection but it's just yeah. a cool fact so moving on the next track 327 this hmm. I don't know man it, I liked it but the, the song's about the 327 trainer um, a collab between New Balance and Casablanca and the beat's great it's got this soulful jazzy keys all the way through and Guns verse is hard but I think he's it kind of feels like he's just trying to name drop as many brands as he can yeah and that kind of put me off a little bit I, I really like Joey Badass's verse because he, he kind of expands on it a bit and he starts name dropping like Puff and Hove and then he says, I learnt from the OGs, I'm retiring the jewels. Mm, invest your assets, and yeah. It feels very hypocritical between <laughs> the two verses, yeah, you know. Yeah. You, you go from Gunn shouting out every yeah. like Porsche and everything you Again, can. Again, this is kind of the... This is um, pretty much what we were saying about the last track on Tory Lanez's album as well, last week. Because you're saying one thing and then the rest of your themes is another. And it's like say what you want by all means you know do if you can fucking go for it spend your money whatever but you know the message you're putting across has to be consistent isn't it i think joey bass had the better verse but both are like hard yeah they're, they're lyrically they're they're brilliant but just thematically is where i feel they're let down and again even with tyler i, lo- I love some of the some of the lyrics on, on in, in his verse though like glitter on my neck match the glitter on my fingernails and yeah. what was it? Um, they play in chicken, we cluck in. I'm Colonel Sanders to you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I think this song thematically kind of lacked. And I think there, there isn't a consistent theme for all three verses. Mm. And I think that would have added to the Fair track enough, yeah. personally. Just uh, another fun fact about this track. This actually mm. interpolates um, the Gangstar track Dwick, which is the sample for Ooh La La, Bar on the Jewels. Oh, okay. Fun fact. It's all connected. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and another thing I thought, this this track had potential because he had Joey Badass, Tyler the Creator. I thought this track had potential to be a really good posse cut. 
Because we've not had a good one in quite mm. a while. Like, the last one I can remember is Really Doe. Oh, yeah. On uh, Danny Brown's album, with Kendrick Lamar and all that. And I think we need a we need a one for the 2020s, you know? We need a strong posse cut. We can get the Griselda boys on it, Boldy James, Freddie Gibbs, all of them. They just need to do a strong posse cut. Because, yeah, I, I love those, where you just have, like, one beat and, like, five... Amazing rappers. French toast. Now, I I have to be honest. I didn't like this song. I really didn't mm. like it. Um, it's just he like. I think it's his weakest first on the album. First of all, um, you know he's, he's trying to get this girl. That I didn't like how the flow is he'll say one word and then it will be repeated with an echo several times. Mm. Like you see the roses in my intro, intro, yeah, intro yeah, yeah. that pissed me off. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and then I had the chorus and it was this repetitive, just hook of him trying to Look, sing, the singing on, and, you gotta be, you gotta be blunt about this song when the singing is really bad. It's it's really, and he says it's really bad, but that doesn't change um, the fact that it's, it's bad. It doesn't change the fact that it's really bad. And Eminem does this a lot as yeah. well. And I, I hope he hasn't got it from Eminem from the Shady Records. Side. <laughs> this is not a good thing but, to pick up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it ruins a really strong album, mm. and I don't know. Like, just put it up on SoundCloud or something, I mean, man. Like, I get it doesn't need to be on the album. I get why he why he did the song because he said that this this is a song for the ladies. You know, he wanted to make a smooth cut. Mm. And look, I definitely, definitely know what he means when he says because and, and I quote: "He's tired of seeing a thousand dudes at his shows." I feel that man yeah. because I've I've been to some shows where it's <laughs> it's just it's just all sausage fest, but. Like and I've been to yeah. somewhere it's you know it's, it depends but where the music's don't, a bit don't more. Don't play the doom, you scare the bitches. Is that all? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I I know what he means. I, I I understand what he's trying to do. I get why he's trying to do it. Uh, but this is is not. I I'd I'd like to know if there's any girls that are going to his shows because of this. If you're, song. If you're a lady and you have been converted to, if if you want to go to a West Side Gun show now because of this song. Please get in touch. If his singing was so great that you just, you just, you just have like, to see oh, him man, fresh. I have to see this <laughs> live. I don't know. I don't think anyone's doing that. And well, we'll see when he goes on tour, won't we? I think, you know, he had a backup singer on here, which I was a bit confused about. The fact, why would he not let that singer shine? She sounded she good. Sounded, yeah, she sounded really good. So why not just let her do the hook? Let her shine. Honestly, I have it, no it's, idea. It's confusing to me. It, even then, he could have... If he wanted to get some ladies at his show, he could have collabed with, like, you know, a big R&B mm. artist and kind of, you know, get their fan base into the Griselda mm. sphere. But, um, no, we had this song. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I think he wants you to think of this album as a piece of art. This is... A bit of paint that he smudged across. <laughs> <Is it> smudged? <laughs> I mean, talking of grating West Side Gun moments on this album, was versus. Mm. Let's let's talk about Allah sent me, 
because right. the hook on that is... There was so much boop, 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 boop. So I, was, I miss the days when Bricks was only 19. I didn't mind this one as much. I, I, I think I like that. For, for me, I, I, I love experimental off-kilter shit. That's not supposed to sound good, but it still works. But this, mm. nah, I get what he's trying to do, but in my opinion, it's, it's, not, it's not very good. I think he's trying to do some ODB type shit. He's, isn't it? he's trying to do it. He's trying to be intentionally, intentionally grating. Yeah, but I mean, it it, it, it kind of works with a menacing beat. So I think mm. I think I think this is a track that sounded a lot better in his head than to more, in my opinion, anyway, anyway than it does coming out of the speakers. But that's. Well, what did, what did, mm. How did you find it? Yeah, I mean, the track was all right. I, I didn't find it took away from the album. I thought it was, it was good. Um, but I want, I want to talk about Islam within hip-hop because I think this is a big topic that no one's yeah, really yeah, talking yeah. about at the moment. We, we don't get enough representation, good representation. You just get the, the news and all sorts, mm. like terrorism and stuff associated with it. But there's such like a beautiful link between Islam and hip hop that's been going on for years. It's, it stems back to like a tribe called Quest. Mm. You have Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Um, Most Def is apparently Ice Cube and possibly Dilla even were Muslim as well. Yeah, you said Freddie and, Gibbs um, as well. Yeah. It's it's yeah it's had a strong link within hip hop for years, and I feel like it's not been until recently that it's been strongly acknowledged and referenced in rap. You know. Freddie Gibbs recently, he's, he had a lot of references on his, his bandana. Mm. Um, Jay Electronica had a massive Islam influence on this latest record. He got Jay-Z rapping about Islam, um, which I found funny. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd just like to see more rappers acknowledge their faith, as, mm. especially with Islam, because I think we, we have a lot of Jesus records and a lot yeah, of yeah. people shouting out, Jesus, but Islam needs good representation right now. And I think in terms of expressing something as central to yourself as you know what you what you believe in your spiritual side of things, man, fucking go for it because yeah, you know, there's as you said, there's a lot of Christian rap out there. There's you know, there's a lot of anti-religious rap out there. There's there's yeah. a lot of you know, there's there's. And I, I think so rappers have been like hiding the wall, fact man. that they're Muslim for a lot of years. Like, that, yeah, there's negative it, it just takes an, an internet search to find out how many rappers are actually Muslim. Mm. And I mean, you said this surprising. to me, and like, it really took me by surprise because I had no idea. I thought these guys, because a lot of these guys talk about God and spirituality in in their music, mm. and you know, it's it. And you'll notice a lot of them keep know, it vague. They won't yeah. say Jesus or Christianity. Exactly. They just say God. I think but a lot think of people will just assume that they're Christian, on, man. <laughs> but not necessarily. <laughs> so speaking of Freddie Gibbs, the track Allah sent me actually leads in to Freddie's verse on 500 Ounces. This song is led in from the skit of Allah sent me, which was the wrestler Ted DiBiase, also known as the Million Dollar Man. And there's a line in Freddie's verse where he says, Call me Fred DiBiase, garages a million dollars, my nugger. Now, this is a great line because it encapsulates a lot of Freddie's character and persona while mm. never losing his sense of humour. And I think only a rapper like Freddie Gibbs is smart enough to make someone laugh with a line like that in such an otherwise, you know, it's, it's a very <laughs> serious verse, isn't it? Yeah. You've got the rhyme pattern of R 
And well, I, I smiled as soon as I heard him, just with yeah. the mic check. Some, mic oh, check. Mic. How how <laughs> else do you want to start off a song like that, man? Yeah, Alchemist beat as well. The, the Alchemist is amazing on this album. Like every one of his beats was incredible. Hmm. Um, there's very few people that can chop a sample like him. Like I place hmm. him right up there with Mad Lib and the Greats. You know, I mean, I've I've only just started to get into alchemist recently like i've not really mm. listened to his stuff um, before but everything i've heard from him has just been just been gold and i know madlib yeah. madlib himself regards him very highly yeah so that's definitely saying something but yeah i mean this freddy verse is it's it's just amazing there's no there's mm. no other word for it you know he's, he mentions he mentions his manager you know knocking the coke off the table yeah it's a very it's it's a nice balance between like his the themes of the album and you know Freddie getting again at embracing his character but also getting quite personal. He fits you know? in so well with the Griselda movement and like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. they they rap out like really raw gangster shit. That's Freddie Gibbs through and through. Um, so I I thought this track it, it started off really well with Freddie Gibbs and I really like Guns verse even though it's like short and sweet. But then I thought. What's his name? Rob Marciano. Rock Marciano, yeah. I thought he sounded a bit toned down, muted, compared to the two characters that he's sandwiched between. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Um, so the Rock Marciano verse in this is probably one of my favourite verses on the album because it is just, every line is just full of these insane metaphors and double entendres. And I'm not going to break it down here because there's just so much so you just gotta go see for yourself right. but one of these lyrics and a standout lyric right and I did cheat a bit I did go on Genius but mm. and shout out to Sean C for pointing this out but it's the line Mac 11 hit your melon and crack it so <laughs> yeah. what does this say this blew my mind when I heard it right so it's saying that the Mac 11 which is a gun will crack your melon i.e. Mm-hmm. blow your head off but then you got melon and as in melanin the way he says it melanin so he's basically saying i'm gonna crack your melanin because people say that black don't crack (laughs) it's so good it's so fucking clever it's such a good line and yeah the the verse is just it's just full of these fucking just buzz i think this is probably the best example but oh man honestly Mm. check it out if you want pure lyricism this 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 was a highlight for me nice so the track versace is produced by none other than Jay Fazacci. I don't know if you know him, but he's this—he's this Vine star. He's this internet personality mm. YouTuber. I hadn't heard like, of him before this album, but I—I I read the—I I read that Gom was like uh, Jay Fazacci hit him up, and Gom was just like, well, "What the fuck does he want?" And then yeah, he, he listened to the beat, and he was like, "Oh shit, this is, this is pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's, it's mental to have have that credit, and I think that's probably why it's here. Like the the beat's okay, but I think it's the fact that it's him is like just blows your mind. Like you wouldn't expect (laughs) these two worlds to collide, you know. But um, yeah, in terms of the song, I thought it was just okay. Yeah, it it wasn't a standout moment for me or anything. Mm. But yeah, I mean, when I when I mentioned earlier about kind of halfway through the album. You know the the the, the 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 lyrics kind of starting to stagnate for me. This is kind of the yeah. point where I was just like, oh, definitely feel that. Else. Um, yeah, I think after that we have Claiborne Kick, which has another Alchemist beat, 
And mm. yeah, I was just listening to the beat the whole time. I think I, I definitely see what you mean about Gun stagnating o- over mm. time. And I think uh, he had a weird vocal effect on his voice here. And I would have liked that to be a bit more dynamic, like change mm. a bit more, like um, emphasize certain sentences, certain words more. Um, but yeah, it was not bad. Baldy James is solid. He's a frequent Alchemist collaborator. That was a great and verse. I've not heard him before. His verse but... solid. Definitely check some of his stuff out. He works with Alchemist all the time. Um, but then we lead into Sean versus Flair. Hey. Which is Primo. insane. It's... I don't know if I've chosen a f- favourite track. This might be my favourite. But it's it's kind of cheating because it's just Primo scratching and doing his thing. This is going to be good. You know, what's not to love? <laughs> the drums are crunchy. The fucking everything's super punchy. The so beat's like, insane. Spacey. Oh, yeah, bassy. You got DJ yeah, Premier doing his thing. Little bass line. Oh, West Side Guns on like top form on this. I have to say, it's mm. solid verse. If you don't know what he's talking about um, in the chorus, by the way, I had no idea either. So I had to look. Yeah, it up. I had to look. But, <laughs> but he's, he's referring to what they they feed you in prison. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. Burgers, Burgers on, on a Wednesday. Wednesday. It's, it's insane and it was made in a day less than a day premiere phoning up after the track list went that's up that's crazy I and mean, we just like can I be on the album <laughs> bit of back and forth and then we got this track I mean we were touching on this with Scott but you know he's I noticed in a lot of the in a lot of his interviews and stuff he, he talks a lot about how he tends to write and record stuff really really quickly like and mm. oh yeah I made this in 15 minutes and I for 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 a lot of artists, that's detrimental to them, and it just ends up sounding rushed and shit. But I mean, he he pulls it off well here, and he's, I think he's they're so consistent. Like I've noticed that with the the Griselda lot, they can come up with albums and EPs, tapes. Yeah. Like every month, they can hit you something, and it will be consistent. You know, mm. they they're just at that level. It's it's a real talent to be able to do that. I think there's Definitely. there's very few rappers that can put out on that level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what do you say about this album? He, he was just in Paris and he wasn't even planning on making an album. Mm. And then, you know, on the sixth day or whatever it was, he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to record. Yeah. Fair play, fair play. Then we've got Party With Pop Smoke, second to last song in this. This was interesting. It, it had the Tyler, Tyler, the creator beat. Mm. And it was very reminiscent of Flower Boy, I felt. Um, and it, it was good good solid track it was in in memoriam of pop smoke I mean, yeah the, the the beat on this was, was it's just cold man it's a really <laughs> good beat um i mean this was i mentioned earlier on on versace that that was kind of the point where gun was getting a bit getting on my nerves a bit but this mm. this was on on like my first couple of listens this was the point where gun was actually just starting to, i was just like oh, sh- shut up man let the, let, 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 the features, let your features do their thing um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, going back to the features, I thought they were they were great, mm. and this was one of the more interesting features on here. And I think it's it's, it's not it's not perfect. It sounds like yeah, maybe she is trying a bit a bit too hard to be really artsy, but I, I thought it was I thought it was, I thought it was pretty pretty gnarly. Put some pretty Ooh. graphic lines in there, which is what we yeah. which is what we want. So <laughs> not not complaining, not complaining. Nice. I, 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 one thing I did pick up on this album is on the 
couple occasions where we hear female vocals, it's very refreshing. Mm. Uh, to, to my ears, I just it just it's just a nice kind of change of pace, and it just we didn't really get any honestly, hooks like with singers. Nah, I, well, I which I think is a missed opportunity. Yeah, I maybe would have liked some more of that. Well, some of that, but French yeah. toast definitely. Just oh man. <laughs> Get rid of West Side Gun and just let that singer shine, man. Mm. For me, I'm going to say this, right? Some of my favourite albums, um, so in a hip-hop context, let's say Mad Villainy, which is probably my favourite ever, and mm. Atrocity Exhibition by Danny Brown. You know, I didn't really understand or, or, or get at first. You know, Atrocity Exhibition, I didn't enjoy when I first heard it. I, I actively didn't like it. <laughs> but now they blow my mind and I think they're masterpieces. So, yeah. you know, if I, if at the end of this year we end up looking back on stuff we've, we've reviewed and we ask ourselves mm. if we've changed our minds on anything, you know, I think with this album I'll either really love it and I'll be a big Griselda fan or I'll respect it and just... But not really, not really listen to it. Not really, not really enjoy it on a personal level. So mm. I think this is definitely going to be. I think the better quality albums are ones that you have to listen to over an extended period of time. In, yeah. in, in my view, I, I really uh, like this type of rap. I just wish people who are really into this wouldn't want it to change. Exactly. Yeah, For yeah, me, yeah. I'd like a little bit more experimentation, a little bit yeah. going out of the the set way of making this type of music. Yeah. But some of the beats on here are so great when you've got Alchemist and... So, so yes, it's, it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see how it's all going to evolve. Let's go to scores. What are you feeling on this one, Amza? I think for this one, I don't know. It, it's, it's solid. I think 7 out of 10. Possibly 8. I think seven, strong 7. A strong 7? Strong 7 out of 10. That's interesting because my score is in fact an amicable 7 out of 10 as well. We need to stop agreeing I'm, I'm giving like it, so consistently. It's, it's not interesting. I'm giving it a light 7. I'm giving it a light 7. You're giving it seven. a strong 7. I'm giving it a light 7. Okay, call mine so. a 7.5 so we're different. Okay, okay, yeah. Because we seem to agree every week and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we need an album that we really disagree on. That'll, that'll make for a good podcast episode. Let's see. Now. We've got Fiona Apple next. Let's see on that. Oh... Stay tuned. Maybe. Right. Cool. Well done, West Side Gun. I, I, I think we should start doing it. We should just do a message to the artist <laughs> at the end. It's a nice way to wrap up the album review. West, West Side Gun, congrats on the album. Tell, tell me some more stories in your lyrics. I'm sure I'm not the only one that wants to hear that because you sound like a very interesting man. Hmm. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Griselda have got some amazing stories to tell. So, yeah. West Side Gun, love to hear them. I'd, I'd like it if you could get a bit more experimental, but, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think I could tell, like, he's made this album for him, and I respect that man, you know. It's it's a solid album. Yeah, Just a few points that we've mentioned where could be picked up, but overall, solid. Throwing some synths, man. We need some fat, some fat mug bass. That's, that's what we need. Album two is Fiona Apple Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Now this has been a, a very controversial album at the moment. 
Pitchfork gave it a 10 out of 10. Their first 10 out of 10 in a decade, I That's believe. Big news. They didn't even they didn't even give one to TPAB. Like it was a big thing, you know. Mm. So it's getting high praise from that. But there's also been some controversy. Fantano reviewed it at 7 out of 10. And he was getting a, a lot of hate. 7 out of 10 is a good score by it his is. standards. Yeah. <laughs> it's mental to think. And it's, it raises a whole extra discussion about, you know, on, online backlash and cancel culture and all that. Which we'll come, yeah. we'll, we'll come on to that later. But yeah, this was, this was an interesting one. Because so neither of us had ever heard Fiona Apple's music before. I'd, I'd um, heard the name, never yeah, listened yeah, yeah. to any of so, the songs. I mean, I, I personally didn't know what to expect going into I was, this. I was very curious because I heard experimental, just weird shit. And mm. I was like, that's up my alley. Exactly. Yeah. So same. going into it, I was very excited. So what do you think overall? Overall, I was a little bit let down. Um, it really, I really respect the album. I want to say that like straight up, I think it's, a great album for the people that enjoy it. Um, I know it has its fan base because <laughs> they're very vocal. Mm. But um, yeah, I wasn't, it, I don't think it's for me. And I think that's a, a bit of a shame because it, it had a lot of potential in my eyes, but I don't think it pushed the experimental side enough. And I don't think yeah. the songs equally yeah, were yeah, yeah. coherent enough. It was kind of in this weird middle ground of, yeah, I wasn't was, wasn't really clicking with me. I mean, for me, I thought that this album was good, but at the same time, I thought it was very overrated. Mm. And when I say overrated, right, that's not to take away from this album, but I feel that there are a lot of people raving about it online that are only doing so because they saw the Pitchfork 10 out of 10 and they've not (laughs) really listened to it for themselves properly. You know, I also think Mm. that just because she mentions rape and says the phrase, you raped me in a song, everyone, namely the Twitter mafia, seems to think that anyone who criticises or doesn't enjoy that particular song hates women, which comes back to that song the particularly that Fantana the controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really? was because he put that in his Fantana put that in his least favourite tracks, and obviously you got everyone like, oh my god, you're a misogynist, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. We we talked about Dua Lipa putting in that feminist anthem yeah. at the end of her album, and it felt forced and you know not like. It just kind of felt shoved in there. Exactly. This is a really good example of how to do female empowerment really well. I think that as far as feminism and women in music goes, like on a lyrical level, this that's the song for her, which we'll, we will break it down later. But it mm. does so much more than a song like Boys Will Be Boys because, you know, it's giving context and it's, it's exploring, it's exploring experiences, it's telling mm. the story and it's doing so in a very artistic manner as opposed to just you know, just sticking it in an album, spelling it out and jumping on trends to, to pull in more listeners. And I think that artists that are fully embracing themselves in their work, it's imperative for quality, authentic, genuine music. And we're talking yeah. about women in music here, but that goes from, you know, can even be embracing sexuality, like someone like Trina or Nicki Minaj, or in this case, Fiona Apple's eccentricity as you know, as, as an artist, you know, these, these are the real artists and they do a lot more for the culture and they help people. Unlike songs like Boys Will Be Boys, which is just there. And I think that if mm. Me Too wasn't a thing, this is the main thing. If Me Too wasn't a thing, Boys Will Be Boys, I don't think would be on Future Nostalgia. I think it was a label push, not a genuine tale 
um, which is what Fiona Apple did here. Yeah, I feel I, I really like how the, the song's called Fetch the Bolt Cutters, right? The album's called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Mm. And it feels like an expression of breaking free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the the theme of the album, isn't it? And I, I really appreciate that. And I, Definitely, I, like yeah. I said, I, I love the ambition that went into this record. I just don't think it really f- hits for me. I think that throughout this album, the lyrics and the songwriting were amazing. Like they're seriously mm. incredible. Um, I think that the ideas and the attitude and the personality that was all oh, there. 100%. But yeah, I loved it. I think I think my my only gripe with this album is that the production and the music itself could have been a bit more consistent. And I'm not saying I'm not saying better, like. I'm saying more consistent because I feel like the highs were very high and the lows weren't mm. necessarily low, but they they paled in comparison to the best yeah. parts of the album in my opinion. I really like this album's individuality and I think it had a lot of character. Um, but yeah, I was, I think that if they got in some more producers, you know, this would have brought the album to life a bit more and I think it would have made it stand out as a single piece because I think the vision and the ideas are there. But yeah, it was the overall execution that at times held down the incredible songwriting. Yeah, yeah I feel that. When I say I wish they brought in more producers, I'm just going to stress the more, not different, because I think what they had going and the aesthetic that they got works really well. But mm. the only thing I wanted from this album was for it to be a more cohesive piece of art. And here's a case in point. After Hours, my favourite album so far this year, hands down, is another example of an insight into an individual's mind. But in my opinion, it's a more cohesive body of work. So I'm by no means saying that every good album has to be a concept piece. But if it isn't, every song has to be a 10 out of 10. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not getting that over here. Right. So that's that's the only thing. I like the album, but I wish for more consistency, especially from a production and musical standpoint. Yeah, I, f- I feel like... So the production, we have to say, is really weird on this, isn't it? It's oh, like yeah. there, there's... There's not a lot of drums. Most of it's just feels like Random pots and pans that that they're hitting, and mm. um, I, I really appreciate like all the intricacies of it. It reminded yeah, yeah, me yeah. of like JPEG Mafia production, like just weird <laughs> textures and bits yeah, in yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. I would have loved it if she had got him to <laughs> do yeah. a track on it. That would have been amazing. No one would expect yeah, that. Would no. be true experimentation. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it it definitely there's a lot to like here. Mm. Um, but I think it doesn't go weird enough for me. It still relies yeah. on a lot of kind of basic, simple stuff as well. You know, like um, there's some really nice pianos in here, but mm. sometimes that falls flat and it's just quite basic chord progressions. Mm. Um, I think drum sets a very good example of that. I don't yeah. think it changes enough. Tracks 10, 11 and 12 were kind of the low point of the album for me. Yeah, I'd Just agree from a musical perspective mm. I, I would have liked that like there's some really dark places on this album oh yeah and i would have liked them to be pushed a bit more mm. and maybe just a, maybe a more consistent tone throughout it i feel like you know a lot of the songs we're, we're talking about mum pop some of <laughs> it feels like mum pop but my mum wouldn't listen to it because of how weird the production is yeah yeah 
that that was kind of my thing for a lot of this album. I was like, who is it for? And I can't <laughs> think of anyone. But that, that's fine that she's like expressing that. And kind she, of the, this is what yeah. she wants to make. That's absolutely that's fine. That's kind of the but, good thing about it, isn't it? It's, like, it's got its own cult following. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just interesting. <laughs> so should we start with some of our favourite tracks? Right. I, I really like Shamika, the second track. I think this is a good example of like the production working really well. You've got like this really in- insane arpeggiating piano keys going going throughout the track. That piano riff, man, is fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. And yeah, um, there was some repetitive lines, but it's kind of weird with this album. I feel like every time something's repeated, I feel like it's intentional mm. to make a point. I think you know? she's she's proved herself enough as a songwriter. You know, she she can say what she can say what she wants, and you know, it's like you were saying in episode three about Rick Rubin, mm. when he makes a mistake with a uh, not a mistake, but a decision that you know you may not necessarily agree with. You know, it's not a mistake. You know, it was there intentionally. Yeah. So I'm getting that same that same feeling with Fiona Apple's songwriting. Yeah, yeah. I really like the song, and um, I kind I don't know why it kind of reminded me of like a Jack White type thing. I feel like. <laughs> he he could do a really good cover of this just some of the the production pieces and yeah it was starting to introduce a lot more of the experimental sounds that we hear on the rest of the record yeah. which i think you know coming after track one's weird dolphin call shit at the end you know, that's that's a really good way of kind of setting tone and you know putting putting herself out there within the first 10 minutes or so yeah i, I like track one as well like uh it was just that was one of my favorites in my top three another, it, interesting piano piece and she's got these really raspy vocals that i liked honestly with with this track and this tracks i want you to love me this is ama- amazing it's a beautiful track it's the perfect mm. way to start the album um, I agree, yeah. honestly I-, I heard this for the first time i was like, oh wow wow okay this is really good i think <laughs> the piano on this when when it comes in it's just sublime and it gives mm. me chills when i hear it and you know, it's, it's also a good introduction to Fiona Apple's voice because it's a yes. very powerful performance. It's slightly oh, gritty. 100%. It's not been polished to absolute, you know, gold pop standards. You know, slightly gritty and it retains its character. And the voice, yeah. as a result, sounds very raw and natural. And that ties actually into the theme of the lyrics, which are very spiritual lyrics. So you've got lines mm. like, a sound is still a sound around no one, which is kind of referring to the whole question of if a tree falls in the forest and if no one's around to hear it did it make a sound yeah that that whole thing and yeah i mean i read this big interview and she was like breaking down every track and she was just saying she did a bunch of she she was meditating for like a few weeks just with loads of other women and she had some out-of-body experience or something right that's how this track came about but yeah i mean as a piece of music it's incredible i think yeah the instrumentation is pretty simple. You know, it sounds like it's just a piano and a double bass with a few percussion hits here and there and mm. Apple's voice. And I love how the album opens with a drum machine despite that never really making a return. Which yeah. kind of goes back to the album's individuality. But yeah, mm. I mean, this track's this track's great. It's got some some really weird shit at the end which kind of took a bit of getting used to even for <laughs> someone like me who listens to a lot of really weird stuff. But fair fair play can't complain sets the, the thing, tone isn't it? amazing it's like a lot of this stuff i think my mum would listen to except 
the production gets really weird and that yeah. probably turn her off. But yeah, I really like this track. What did you think of Heavy Balloon? Heavy Balloon. So I mentioned I had a top three tracks yep. in this album. That's one of them. I'd agree. That's, uh, that's definitely top two. I, I really, really like this one. Okay, so lyrically, this song's about depression and mm. how it, it weighs you down. So obviously you've got the whole imagery of playing with a heavy balloon. So you've got some very heavy lyrics in here. You know, there's 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 also lines like the bottom begins to feel like the only safe place that you know. That's 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 some heavy shit. Yeah. And I think it's a raw representation of emotions that she's had to go through in her lifetime and how she's coped with them. I think it paints a very vivid and blunt picture of depression in a way that I've not really heard before. And I think mm. it's a type of tune to a open people that don't suffer from it up to what people do suffer from it have to go through and also to help people that are going through it what i like about this track is that depression is obviously a very personal subject and it affects everyone differently so i think that for fiona to make a song as introspective as this it's a very bold move for herself so you know massive respect to her mm. i think one more thing about this track is that when you compare it to a song like logic's 1800 off his everybody album this yeah. feels a lot more frank and personal and runs a lot deeper. I think 1800 doesn't feel as genuine or introspective and it feels a lot more dumbed down, you know, because you've got lines where he feels like he has to spell it out for you, such as, I just want to die today times 100 and who hmm. can relate? Woo! You know, <laughs> I'm not shitting on the song, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that I think there are a lot more people that are suffering with genuine, serious, crippling depression yeah. You know that are going to relate to the pictures that Fiona's painting in this in this song of her experiences, and they're going to get a lot more help from that than Logic simply asking who can relate. <laughs> it's, it's, I forgot he did that. That's a bit insane, isn't it? I mean, I, when I first heard that track, I was like, what, fifteen? I was like, oh, cool, he's making a song about depression. You know, now that I'm now that I'm nineteen, I've met a lot more people. I've lived a, you, a fair bit more life. On it and it's, like, a, it's, it's a bit. Come on, Logic. Like, it's kind of mad that there wasn't more backlash towards that, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. I think this is this is doing what One Eight Hundred says it was trying to do. Mm. Essentially, it's it's a much more genuine. Depression is a lot deeper than I just want to die today. I want to kill myself. Help yeah. me. This this reflects the the complexity yeah. of it, and I think it's it's a it's a proper look at like exactly. understanding depression. I mean, as I said, it's it. It affects everyone differently. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you disagree, please feel free to get in touch because I would love to hear some different perspectives on this. Yeah. What did you think of this song musically? Musically, I loved it. I think it's called Heavy Balloon. It feels heavier than the rest of the tracks. <laughs> yeah. It's got, got these dark, really, yeah, these really dark bits that introduce you to it and it kind of brings you into the, to the lyrics really well. I think it's just an amazing track. It's mad because it starts off quite melancholy and then mm. it goes really dark. And then it goes melancholy again for a court for the chorus. Yeah, yeah. It just takes you on the ride. And also shout out to the baseline because it's really fucking cool on this. Alright, so I want to talk about newspaper because this was probably my favourite track on the whole album. So Oh wow. Yeah, man. I mean it starts off all eerie. You know, you got this drone, you got you got these dogs barking. 
then yeah. you've got this huge bassy kick come in and you've got this this ride and then you get this driving rhythm and this dark melody you know and it's just Fiona humming and then she wastes mm. no time getting into the verse and structurally it's, it's brilliant you know, it keeps you on your toes it's one of those songs but the best thing about this song is by miles the backing vocals because <laughs> when it gets to about two minutes 20 she says she says this line wearing time like a flowery crown yeah and these these high choir voices come in and it is just orgasmic and it's honestly amazing, it's my it? it's my album highlight because on, i heard that for the first time and and to be honest i was kind of drifting in and out of the album but then then i heard that and i was like, oh my god oh my god this is the best thing i've heard in a while yeah no it's weird the track kind of, it, it feels like it's going somewhere throughout it isn't it at the start you feel like it's building up to something because yeah. it's quite quite low-key and minimalistic just with these weird sounds yeah. that come in and out and then yeah you get to that i mean after a few less after a few listens i found i found the track kind of teased me a bit because i kept waiting for this moment to come in it, it's like that's what i'm saying yeah. it, it feels like it's gonna build up like there's all these moments where you think it's coming na- in now but yeah exactly then, yeah, it and it was away. it was a similar thing with heavy balloon actually because i didn't mention it just yeah. now but there was a little guitar riff in that where it's going mate that's that's my second favorite moment on the album <laughs> but yeah i mean I, I just love little things like that that you, that you listen out for and they aren't at the forefront of you know the record but you've, you've really got to listen for and when yeah. you hear them, they just hit you. They just, they just hit you. There's a little pluck in, like did it, did it in, yeah. in like the left song. I think that's like the the top of a guitar neck or something um, by the tuner knobs. But mm. yeah, honestly, this track dripping in texture. It's very percussion focused. I like how it builds. I like the tempo changes. I like the guitar and the bass interjections. And yeah, I can't complain about this track. Really, really loved it. Yeah. I'd love to hear like what she does next with this. Mm. If she continues down this road and keeps experimenting, I think like they give this one a ten out of ten. I think if she continues pushing this sound forward, mm. that next one will be a ten out of ten. Definitely. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it feels like it, we call it very experimental, and it does feel like that right now. Like mm. she's experimenting with these weird sounds, and I think a lot of the time the songs kind of it doesn't blend too well. She's got this interesting production, but then the song's kind of lacking. Mm. And I think with some time and and pushing it forward more, you can get yeah. something that's more cohesive and, yeah. That leads us on to why this album isn't a 10 out of 10. And so mm. what are some of your least favourite tracks in there? So I like we said the the last half of the album the, the the latter few tracks I wasn't really feeling. What did you think of Cosmonauts? Cosmonauts was my least favorite. That's interesting. So I I didn't mind this one too much. I thought it was it was an all right track. It just sounds sounds kind of interesting with the guitars and it's kind of a more chilled out mm. vibe. So this is the song that I thought held the album down a bit. So. It was originally made for a 2012 rom-com film called right. This Is 40. And thematically, it makes a lot of sense because the song's about relationships getting more difficult to maintain over time. And it's very well written for what it is. So obviously it ties in 
very well with a rom-com about being 40 and midlife crisis and all that shit. But yep. I really, really passionately don't like it in the context of the album. <laughs> I think it's too much of a kind of feel-good sounding rom-com song. And as I say, it's nice for what it is, but it's nowhere near as adventurous as the rest of the album. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Plus the other thing, the other thing that, that kind of irks me about it is it's sandwiched in between two songs with very, very dark and graphic lyrics because you've got Heavy Balloon yeah. before it, which is about depression, and then you've got For Her afterwards, which is about rape. So, Do you, do you think that's intentional, though? You just need to, like, tap out for a sec? <laughs> Let's have a nice, nice happy song. Possibly. If it was intentional, um, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't agree with the decision, but that's it's not my album, so, you know, whatever. But honestly, I think mm. this, 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 this interrupted it for me. It's interrupted the flow of the album and the themes and all that. And just the sound then. Uh, is, as I, as I, I do not hate the song. I'm, I'm yeah. not a fan of this type of like mellow, kind of feel-good, melancholy sound anyway. It's not the kind of shit I listen to. But here I can see that for what it is, if I'm looking at it from an objective point of view... It's done really, really well, and it's got her own spin on it. It's a good song. It gets it's not a bad song at all. It gets more Fiona Apple towards the end of the song, and I really like that. But I don't think it works as a song on Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and I would skip it every time. I think it would be a perfect Fair movie enough. tune, and I think it would be a perfect accompanying single. You know, if I saw it on Spotify as like this is forty uh, soundtrack, or whatever, I'd be oh cool. And I can genuinely see this in a rom com, but. It doesn't do it for me in the context of the album. It really doesn't. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't see myself coming back to this album a lot. No. Like, I just don't think it's my thing. Like, I, I've said this many times, I, I completely respect it. But, yeah, it, it doesn't enough. hit for me. But I, if, I, if I were to, I don't think this would be a skip. I think it, it does the job fine. It's, Fair enough. It's, it's an all right tune. I, I like the, the guitar sound interesting on it. I quite like some of the effects they had. Some of the rhythms, it's a decent little track. That leads us on to the last track that I really want to talk about. That's For Her. Right. Personally, I'm not going to class this as a least favourite because from a songwriting point of view, as we mentioned at the start, brilliant. And also you get the Twitter squad on you. <laughs> well, they'll probably come on me anyway because I've got some stuff to say. But, I mean... Yeah, it's a case in point of the music not justifying Fiona's songwriting, I think. And my problem with this song is it should have hit like a truck. Right. Because the lyrics in this are heavy, they're direct, they're blunt, and she sounds really fucking pissed off. And, you mm. know, rightly so, because it's tackling a massive issue in society, and especially among the higher echelons, you know, particularly in Hollywood and the music industry. And as far as I know, she wrote this about someone else's experience as well. So this would have been a much more, you know, challenging song for her to write than the other songs in this album. I, I think we I talked about yeah. JPEG Mafia before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would really benefited from some of his like really dark 808 yeah. just bass shit in there. Here's, here's how I think it would be better, right? Because musically, it's not doing it for me. I think that for such a horrible... And such a real topic that's cast such dark shadows over so many lives, right? I would have liked to have heard a much bigger, 
more maximalist in your face piece of music to really drive the point home and you know scare yeah. the, the people that have committed such atrocities i think we should say like lyrically is fine yeah, yeah song wise it's, it's okay but i think what we were looking for it to do is vibrate our speakers and like fucking hit us in the face Definitely. musically isn't it i think it would it would it would carry the lyric so much better if it got really really huge you know took some cues from Jesus, and then yeah. still still have it drop out for the good morning bit but just a cappella from there and then see the song out with the backing vocals i think for that that would be that's that's my vision of what the song should have been so you know as i say i don't dislike the song and i love the lyrics but i just think they could have done so much more with it i think it should have it should have been an album highlight it should have but i'm just i'm just not feeling it that much i think it's a song that everyone needs to hear and they needed to make it stand out a lot more they needed to to really fucking drive that point home mm. and it's 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 not it's not it's not doing that for me not not everyone's yeah, going to listen to the album five times and you know break down all the lyrics and stuff <laughs> it needs to really really captivate you on that first listen <laughs> this is probably the most interesting track to discuss but it, it's also, I think, the root of the whole Anthony Fantano controversy. Oh, yeah. I think, for, right, first of all, before we get into bigger issues, people, if you're listening to this, make your own mind up. Because it's <laughs> such a big issue where people are so bothered by other people's opinions and that's just mm. perpetuated by today's society. He he puts at the, the end of every video, I'm pretty sure he puts, you know, this is my exactly. opinion, right? Exactly. Like every single video said that, but this one it's crazy. is crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Seven out of ten, first of all, it's a good fucking score. Well, so, what, so what did he say about this track? I don't think I caught. I think he basically said it was a bit disjointed. Um, Which, yeah, fair enough. And, you know, fair enough. That's that's his opinion. That's his ear. He listens to music for mm. a living. He knows his shit. <laughs> he's he's entitled to say that a song's grating if he feels that it's grating. I think you have to respect the ambition. Like, this goes for the whole album, but yeah. especially this sure, track yeah. is most poignant. You have to respect the ambition and what it was trying to achieve. Mm. I think it's fair to critique the music, but lyrically and, like, thematically, it's, you know, Definitely. I think it's covering some very dark, deep issues. And Fantana wasn't criticising the Not going to say anything so bad about that. Yeah. He was just criticising criticizing the music. Yeah. And I think that this highlights one of the biggest issues with the whole Me Too movement and Twitter culture in that in a lot of ways... Lack of context. It, it dilutes the whole seriousness of the issue at hand. Mm. I think the way I see it, right, is that we are supposedly living in an age of freedom of speech where you can say whatever you want. And I think that's great. But all it takes is a Twitter search for Fantano... Fiona Apple, and you see all these angry tweeters natter in the way about how Fantano is a misogynist. So we're essentially living in a society now where the layman's definition of a misogynist isn't someone who treats women like shit and ruins their lives with you know atrocities like sexual or physical abuse, but rather someone who who criticizes a piece of music. Yeah, <laughs> and, and let's not forget that Fantano is a critic, and critics tend to critique. I yeah. mean, it's crazy because it, and it's, it's part of the reason that I tend to stay off Twitter because cancel culture is everywhere. 
and it is mm. it's so toxic you know i think that a common argument for the me too movement and i'm i'm just saying i don't disagree with me too movement i just think that there are a lot of flaws with it and the way it's being used today is you know it's, it's not what it should be about um but i think that a common argument is that for example let's say you've got a public display of you know casual sexism in the workplace for example that stems right. from the same mentality of degrading women as someone who rapes women on the street so by calling this out you know it's going to make men a lot more cautious and conscious of how they act so that society is a much fairer place for all and that's a completely fair yeah. point however there are women out there whose lives are getting really fucked up every day with shit like men abusing their power and you know those women really and truly need help and change in society and that's kind of what that's that's the kind of situation that Fiona Apple's describing on for her I think women like that they are completely under the radar they don't have a voice and you know some random Twitter users thumbs aren't going to help them out of their situation I think that those women are the real victims of society and the way I see it right a woman having her thigh touched on TV right isn't the same as a woman getting raped and beaten every day in her own home I think that mm. the difference especially with how society has changed and this is potentially a good thing about the me too movement is that woman a can slap said man and call him out for touching her thigh and being a puv but woman b can't say or do shit because she's being manipulated to the point of silence so while i'm not saying that woman a shouldn't have a voice you know having that at an equal proportion to woman b isn't right and you know it's a case in point you know the the woman that for her was written about didn't even realize that it was rape until she described it to Fiona Apple and she had to tell her, yeah, that's rape. And so this whole situation is, it's a very, it's of a very similar vein to something that Ice-T, the legend said in his song with his band Body Count. The song's called No Lives Matter. And I strongly suggest checking it out. It's in the playlist. And here he's expressing how people saying that all lives matter takes away from the issue Black Lives Matter is tackling and that is black people that are suffering and that is the specific issue that needs to be sorted out it's the same principle with fuck the police you know I've had arguments with people where they're like but not all police are like that that's not the point <laughs> you're missing the point that the artist is trying to say so tying, yeah. tying I've gone off on a bit of a rant but tying this back into the whole Fantano controversy calling him a misogynist puts him in the same vein as someone like Harvey Weinstein for example yeah, And the way I see it, the whole calling out culture dilutes words and issues like that. So I'm not going to say anymore, mm. but that's that's my piece in this whole situation. Yeah, I was, I was kind of being very quiet because I'm quite cautious around this topic. You yeah. know, it, it just takes man. one thing to say wrong, like mm. you just misspoke and then yeah. suddenly all the Twitter will be on on you. And it won't happen tomorrow. Crazy. It will happen f five years <laughs> and you're having a successful career. And someone's going to listen back to this and find literally, find this literally. this one sentence that you where you misspoke. That's how it goes, man. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend there's this YouTube channel called Chew on Head, and it's it's just this woman who who she just calls out bullshit with this type of stuff, and it's definitely if you're into this kind of thing, definitely worth watching her. She just, just calls out feminists and, and stuff like that. Yes, it, it's mad, isn't it? You know, feminism yeah. was once about, you know, getting women the vote and having an equal place in society. What's, what's it come to now?
Love for my love for my. So I think I've said everything already, but yeah, I I, I respect the hell out of this album. I you know don't want that to be understated. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I really appreciate the production in here and just that the theme of uh, you know Fiona Apple breaking free and the empowerment from that and yeah I, just, I really respect the album I just it's not for me yeah I think the songs are not cohesive enough and at the same time they're not experimental enough that I would come back to this um yeah that's that's the issue for me I think that she could maybe experiment with the instruments a bit more she's really good with the like the drums percussion, and the rhythm sure, yeah. percussion yeah yeah but I think also the instruments like she can embrace some synths oh <laughs> mate yeah technology. I was thinking that throughout the whole thing I think there might have been like um, a few traces of, of them like just just subtly in the mix here and there but nothing's really in your face which is but what? The, this this album feels very old school like everything's piano guitars or pots and pans <laughs> it's exactly it's fairly it's unique instrumentation yeah but i would i would like she could embrace technology a little bit more i think it would really add to it maybe mm. for the next album definitely definitely so overall i think that tracks one to nine they were they were solid it was a solid run of tracks with a few really great tunes i think that tracks 10 to 12 it took a bit of a dip and on I go, which is mm. the last track, was it was a decent finish. So it was a good album. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely do not think that this is the flawless masterpiece that the internet no. is making out to be. No way. I think it's it's very good music, and like you said, I I respect it a lot as well. Is it something I'd bang out in my own hours? You know, probably not. But I admire this album. That's 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 my piece on this album. So score wise, I I don't really know what, where to go on this one. It's a weird one because, like I said, I really respect it, but I don't enjoy it. Plus, if you give it's it a, a seven out of ten, it. everyone's going to assume that's you're saying the album's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hovering around seven. I got to be honest, mm. but that's just because I don't. This isn't for me. You know, I I don't personally think. I don't personally get a lot of enjoyment from this album. Mm. That's fair um, enough. I Music think subjective. that's how I rate stuff. That's like, I think for some people this is a 10 out of 10 and that's fair exactly, enough. Man. I think I can see why you'd it's think it's good a 10 enough. Out of 10. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good enough in that. Like definitely I'd, I'd respect mm. that score, but for me, I think I'll go lower than Fantano a bit. I'll go 6.5. Ooh, okay. It's just really just because personally I, I don't enjoy it, mm. but I respect the hell out Fair of enough. it. Fair and enough. if it's your favourite album, good for Fair you. Play. Like, it's solid. I can see why people would really love this album. I think that the whole problem is a lot of the people raving about it. You know, as I said, they've not listened to it for themselves fully. They're just going off, off the hype, jumping on the bandwagon. And... You know, they don't genuinely feel it's a 10. But, you know, I'm, I'm not mm. going to get involved in that because that's not my opinion. I, I, don't, I don't know what other people are thinking. But for me personally, I also struggled to score this. Um, but I was thinking about a 7, a 7.8. <laughs> I feel like we're just both trying to be different to Fantana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, 
it was kind of what you were saying with the strokes because a seven felt too low and an eight felt too high yeah 7.5 felt a bit yeah I'm not, I think 7.8 is a good score. It is so weird to, to review because I... It's like I can tell it's really good. Yeah. I just... It's not hitting for me. Cool. So, we're both around the 7 out of 10. I think that's all right. Like we said, mm. love love the ambition for this album. But, yeah, lacked a bit for us. Cool. I think that's close up this episode. Cool, cool. Thank you for listening. Thank you. What have we got next week? So next week we have another interview <laughs> with the one and only Jonas, aka Chili Mayo, aka Chad Chadson, aka Indica Palm Radio. But he's a very eccentric personality, and he's a very cool guy. Makes some great music. So that will be a very interesting interview for sure. And then we'll be looking at Drake's new project, the Dark Lane demo tapes. And we've got our Drake correspondent in for that. Fazan's going to join. Uh, And yeah, should be a good episode. So thank you for listening. Bye.